I'm Liz Corey. And I'm Katie King. And this is True, True Crime, Crime New England. England. What's up, everybody? Hello. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us today for episode 51. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't get it, but we're here <laughs> and we're so excited to have you. Mm-hmm. How have you been doing, Katie? I've been doing. I've been doing okay. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Great. Work's okay. Yeah, work's going. Life's okay. <laughs> yeah. Great. I'm so glad. One day at a time. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> when we're recording this, it's, you know, a little bit before this episode comes out. But when it comes out, you had your vacations, you know, Colorado, Utah, and then Iceland. Mm-hmm. Now I get one. It's my yes, turn. that's right. Yay. So when this comes out, it will be in the middle of my vacation. I am not going anywhere. I'm staying in New England, actually. Um, almost as a whole, but my best friend is coming to visit me from Georgia. Yay! I'm so excited. It's been, um, the last time I saw him, this is my friend Cole, um, I saw him in May of 2021, so it's been just a little over a year. Mm -hmm. Um, normally, you know, we've been friends for almost 10 years, and normally we go, not, it's like a year in between, Mm -hmm. sometimes more. One time we went four years, I think. Holy shit. Yeah, it was a long time. Sad, sad stuff. But I'm very excited to have him here. He's been here once before. And that was in 2019. And I've been to Georgia four times, I think. Five? Oh, God. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But I'm so excited to have him here. And we're trying to think of things to do. Um, as at the time of this recording, he, like I said, he's not here. So we're still kind of like, okay, what do we do? Cause we're in Maine. Like, what are you, what are you going to do? Look at <laughs> moose, walk in the woods. Like there's not a whole bunch. So all I do know is that one day we have with you. I'm so excited. Yep. We have a Katie day. I'm so excited. Cause I met Cole when he came up here. Was that really in 2019? Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was so much fun. Yeah, we had a good time. I'm so excited. He literally has in his calendar Katie Day. Really? Yeah. It's very cute. I'm so excited. He's very excited. So I can't wait. You know, it's always nice to, um, I mean, it's we go so long in between Mm -hmm. seeing each other. It's like so much fun and such a relief to get to see him again. So this is the first time he'll be here and I have my own apartment Mm, and I have my kitties and you know I'm on my own so that's gonna be really exciting that's gonna be so much fun yeah I'm really excited I feel bad for him though I offered him my bed I said get clean sheets I'll do it up for you and you can sleep on my bed it's a queen and he was like no and I was like you want to sleep on the floor you want me to buy you an air mattress and he's like sure I was like okay so in my closet I got a nice nice air mattress with a USB port okay Mm -hmm. I got some fresh sheets and I got pillows and like a little like I got pillowcases and I was unpacking them you know they came in the mail when my boyfriend Sean was here and I was like oh I don't get the pillowcases came and he was like whoa 400 thread count that's insane and I was like is it he was like yeah that's pretty good and I felt them oh my god they're nice yeah <laughs> I was like oh shit I didn't realize that that mattered so much. Damn, Cole's gonna be sleeping on luxury <sighs> yes. luxury sheets there. Yes he is and you know what he has a USB port right at his head. That's so funny. Amazing. <laughs> so that being said, I would have spent a million dollars on him if he mm-hmm. wanted me to. So 
I'm very excited, and I can't wait for you guys to hang out again. I'm so excited. He loves it. He just loves spending time with you. <laughs> You're like his favorite person. That was so funny when we <laughs> hung out the first time. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, everybody else, fine. Hi, Cole. Yes, right. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you doing? Hi. Yeah, it was, he really, like, he oh, took to so you. so sweet. Yeah, and for some reason, so he loves you, and he also loves my mom. I don't, I mean, my mom's wonderful. I don't know why he's so, like... Every time I'm, like, with her, I'll send him, like, a picture, like, a selfie, and he's like, Pam! I'm like, yeah, huh? Your best friend. Your bestest friend of all. That's so funny. It's so I fun. love Cole. I'm so excited. Yeah, he's a good guy. I'm, I'm really pumped for him. And uh, for his birthday, his birthday was on May 24th, I sent him a, um, he's always wanted a tarantula. That's, like, his dream pet. Really? Yes. I don't know why, but it is. And so he recently moved into his, um, like, an apartment or, like, a house where he shares with three other people. And he has his own room and his own bathroom. It's great. He's working a big boy job. He graduated college in December. So exciting. And I'm like, well, now you have the means, you know, and you can get a tarantula, right? And he's like, no, I don't know. So I took matters into my own hands, and I sent him a tarantula like enclosure with dirt and like some leaves and hides and stuff. So I sent that kit to him and um, it arrived and it was cracked. (gasps) Yeah. No. Just a little bit. And I was like, do you want me to return it? And we're like, uh, like for a tarantula, it's not going to be a big deal. Right. But, and then he's like, oh, you know, I just was talking to my roommates like, haha, pets are fun. What do you guys feel about like spiders? And they were like, no, fuck no. So he's like, oh, shit. I was like, great. Well, I guess no tarantula then. (laughs) That's okay. He'll get one. He loves them. He used to send me, like, links to these. You can buy tarantulas online. And I'm like, why would you send me this? I'm going to have nightmares for three years. I thought about getting a tarantula. They're cool. I would just be scared that one day I'm going to wake up and check on it, and it's not going to be in the enclosure. That's a very, very real possibility. Only speaking from experience with my gecko, Violet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The trauma. The trauma. <laughs> That's a good point. Or, like, what if Salem gets too curious and knocks it over? Right. Or what if the tarantula bites my cat? Right. There's no good all mm-hmm. around. I'm all set. I get Thank it. You. I get it. I get it. Great idea, though. I, I, I can appreciate a good tarantula. Sure. They are, they are pretty cool, but... They just give me the heebie-jeebies, I think. <laughs> I don't want to touch one or hold it. And I'm a very animal-positive person, of course, like as we know. Mm-hmm. But spiders, I can handle like a daddy long legs moving a spider. But a tarantula, I don't know. I'll look at it just fine and just let it be, you know. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> yeah, so he's coming. He'll be here. So excited. He doesn't listen to our podcast, but that's okay. It's not for mm-hmm. him, and that's fine. He still follows us and everything. See... And that's the thought that counts. Absolutely. So, thanks, Cole. But anywho, today's case coming to you from New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of messed up a little yeah. bit. Just a little bit. For sure. And by a little bit, I mean so much. There's so many different things to this case where it's like, what went wrong so many yeah what happened here why like really truly why for sure and it's it's so oh my god it's crazy but yeah definitely stick around for this case it's very interesting but it's kind of fucked up Mm -hmm. (laughs) and without further ado today 
we will be covering the, the Dingman, Dingman Brothers. Alrighty, let's get into it with our sources and go from there. Sure. So I had the Seattle Times, AP News, the New York Times, WMUR, and New Hampshire Public Radio. Oh, nice. I had New York Times, the Seattle Times, New York Daily Times, different than New York Times, South Coast Today, the Concord Monitor, Foster's Daily Democrat, the BL, and CaseLaw.com. Sweet. Yep. Before we get started, this case was suggested to us by my former coworker Kiri, as well as a listener named Aubrey, who DM'd us on Instagram. That's just proof that if you DM us, it works. Mm-hmm. We answer all of our DMs. In fact, we get very excited about it. Like, honestly. So, DM For us. Sure. Please DM us. All right. This case, let's start by just talking about the Dingman family. So, obviously, this is called the Dingman Brothers, but... We'll talk about the family as a whole. So the Dingman family lived in Rochester, New Hampshire, um, which is kind of near, um, it's near the border of um, Maine, like a little bit. You go down, it's mm-hmm. near Dover. and Yeah, it's next um, to Dover. Summersworth. Um, Summersworth, yeah. yeah. Um, pretty well known, I would say. Um, Vance, who's the dad, he's 40 years old, and Eve is also 40 years old, and she's the mom, and they had two sons. At the time of this incident, Jeffrey was 15 and Robert was 17. Vance was an electrician and Eve was a customer service rep at a fabric company. And, you know, the kids were kind of young, but Robert did have a part-time job. Now, you know, there's not a whole bunch known really about the family, like in bulk. Um, What was said about Vance and Eve from their friends and family was that they were very devoted parents in that um, the boys were very well loved but from Robert and Jeffrey's perspective mom and dad were too strict the curfew sucked um, they weren't doing great in school and so they felt they were being punished for their poor grades and um, later uh, Robert would say that his dad was upset with him and said that he watched his dad hit Jeffrey and that Eve was always yelling at them and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Um, if I'm being honest, it kind of sounds a lot like they were just parents and these teenage boys were blowing it way out of proportion. Like having a curfew at 15 and 17, that's not unreasonable even a little. Right? I agree. And if you're not doing great at school... Why? What's going on? How can we fix it? That kind of thing. I think they were just, as teenagers often do, just taking it and running with it really hard and Mm -hmm. in the wrong direction. Um, Ironically, right before this incident, the Dingman parents wrote up $200,000 wills to the boys with life insurance as well. So they were even though they were only 40, like whatever they were preparing for life because things happen, the boys knew that they had a good inheritance on the horizon. And I think that was um, a partial motivator. I agree. Unfortunately, because that's stupid. So on Monday, February 12th of 1996, 
Vance didn't show up to his job as an electrician. Eve didn't show up to her customer service job. And that was very unlike them. They were close to their coworkers. They were not very well known. And so when they didn't show up, both of them without a heads up, the coworkers were like, what is going on? This is not like them. So naturally they called the police and said, hey, our friends are missing. They didn't show up to work today. We're worried about them. Um, and so that was definitely good on their part. And they definitely didn't waste any time looking into it, which I think is actually kind of awesome. Um, so very quickly, the police were involved. Mm-hmm. So an officer decided that they would go track down the boys to make sure that they were okay and see if they had any idea where their parents could be. Mm-hmm. So... A police officer went to the school and asked Robert where his mom was. Robert told the officer that he didn't know where his parents were, and he stated, Hey, what's the problem? I'm 17 years old. I'm old enough to take care of my brother when my parents are gone. I don't see what the big deal is. What? So the officer's like, uh, okay, (laughs) I'm just asking you where your parents are. Yeah. Because neither of them showed up to their jobs that they don't ever miss work. Right. So where are they? Yeah. You're going to come with me back to the house and we're going to go check it out. Yeah. So Robert eventually with some coaxing lets police into the home and they search the house. And what they find I'm sure is not what they were expecting. Mm -hmm. Especially because the only other people in that home were a 15 year old and a 17 year old. To think that teenagers are capable of this is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely horrifying. What the police officers found was, well, they, you know, they searched the whole house. First, in the attic, they found the body of Vance. He was wrapped up in garbage bags. In the basement, police found the body of Eve, who was also wrapped up in garbage bags. And so, of course, the police were like, obviously it's you two boys at the very least we have a lot of talking to do with you whether you're guilty or not so they brought him down to the station and it all immediately kind of fell into place Mm -hmm. like what really happened yeah and their accounts of it we got direct quotes from like um the trials and all this stuff like direct quotes about what they said to their parents as they were murdering them it's insane holy shit so three days before eve and vance were found on friday february 9th 1996 at 4 30 p.m the two brothers jeffrey and robert executed their plan that they had been kind of plotting for a little bit yeah their plan was to murder their parents they were tired of their parents' rules. Mm-hmm. They were tired of a curfew. They were tired of feeling like their parents were too strict with them. So they had been plotting for a little bit to kill their parents. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey, the 15-year-old, he actually later testified that he felt a little bit of regret when he fired the first shot at his father. Yeah. Jeffrey told police that when he shot at him, his dad said, I can't believe my own son did this. Jeffrey later stated it kind of hurt what he said. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, that's so sad. And they did it like ambush style. So 
The boys were waiting for their parents to come home. Vance happened to be the one who walked in first, and immediately the guns pointed at him, Mm -hmm. and without a second thought. I think the only reason he felt regret is because his dad said something. For sure. I think if he hadn't said, I can't believe my own son did this, I think it maybe would have felt a little differently for him, Mm -hmm. which is sad. But they truly, like, they just ambushed him, really. Um, At this point, now Robert took the gun, and he stood over their father, who was still alive and conscious, and Robert said, how about another one? And then shot his father a second time. Mm -hmm. This was really brutal because when Vance got home, he was still climbing the stairs inside the house from the basement where... They ambushed him. Quite literally, they ambushed him. So when they shot him, when Robert took the gun and shot him a second time, Vance fell down the stairs. And this is when they tried to get him into a trash bag, Mm -hmm. and Robert actually noticed his arm moving, so he shot him again. Just to make sure he was dead. Mm -hmm. Oh, at that point, maybe you could have saved it. You could have said, we really fucked up. Da- oh, we're going to go to jail forever, but dad's still alive? No, they... No. Their own dad. Yeah. And the, they were playing... Because they lived in a neighborhood. Yeah. Um, to cover up the noise, of course, they were blaring a stereo. Like, totally blaring the music. So people wouldn't hear the gunshots. Mm-hmm. And so this... When Eve arrived home from work, this prompted her. She was so angry with them. Like, boys, why is the stereo up so loud? And when she walked in, unfortunately, she was also ambushed. Yeah. Jeffrey was actually holding the gun when Eve came into the living room. Mm. And he shot her about two to three times before, again, Robert took the gun from him. Mm -hmm. Robert fired several more shots and then stated, die, bitch. And then he shot her in the head. Oh, that is so fucked up. Yeah. So brutal. Mm -hmm. No empathy in that moment. No. They then wrapped Eve's body up in trash bags, and then they put her in the basement. (sighs) And they carried their dad up into the attic. I wonder why different locations. Mm -hmm. Why would they carry their dad into the attic? Right. Hmm. Whatever. Why would they kill their parents? There you go. You know, the the (laughs) question is moot. The main question here, the overarching question. Yeah. So, uh, it was crazy. And that was a Friday afternoon, Mm -hmm. weekend. So, according to the boys, um, they thought that they could still carry on as normal. So, Jeffrey had some Doritos and then left home to play basketball with a friend. And uh, Robert cleaned up, went to hang out with his girlfriend, and uh, have a good weekend. The boys, you know, obviously, what are they going to say? Where are your parents? Oh, I don't know. They had to come up with a plan. So they were telling their friends that their parents went on a, um, like a surprise vacation. Spur of the moment, if you will. Clearly they didn't think to have a plan for when they wouldn't come home. Like they would think that their parents just left them and said, good luck. See you later. They clearly are not thinking anything through. No. They have no concept of consequences. None. Clearly. Yeah. 
What kills me is that when Robert was cleaning up, he had been wearing rubber gloves to mm. shoot his parents, and he just emotionlessly took off the rubber gloves and then went to his girlfriend's house, and he told his girlfriend that his curfew was no longer a problem. Ugh. He later paid $225 in cash for a new CD player. Huh. Which goes into the notion that maybe he knew that a lot of money would be coming his way. Oh. Yep. Yep. I bet you're right. Just not a care in the world throughout the whole weekend. No. Snacking on Doritos after you shot your parents. I can't even imagine eating ever again. Going to a party, you know, lying to friends, just not having any kind of care. No remorse. Mm -hmm. Carrying on like business as usual. Right. Which is messed up. Completely. They had... Like, a joyride of a weekend. Yeah. And then it all came crashing down that following Monday when, very concerned, and rightfully so, right. co-workers called the police. Yep. And Thank God they did so. Yeah. And I bet you they didn't think that their um, fun vacation time would last that quickly. Mm. So, sucks for them. Because, you know, obviously once the officers discovered the bodies, they brought the boys in, and they were immediately arrested. And, you know... Charged with several different things. Mm -hmm. Robert, the 17-year-old, was charged with first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. Um, And Jeffrey, ultimately, in an effort to get a reduced sentence, um, was charged with and pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and agreed to testify against his brother. Now that... You know, that can really break your heart as a family, Mm -hmm. and uh, making that decision is tough. That's tough. However, (laughs) I think it kind of shows that maybe Jeffrey's like, oh my god, we killed our parents over a curfew? Now we don't have parents. Oh, I can't even... Thinking of all the times I was mad at my parents as a, a teenager, being like, ugh! Mama, or whatever. Right. What, because she, uh, you know, my friend couldn't come over because it was a weeknight? Like, so right, give me a fucking break. Like, obviously, it's not a big deal. So the fact that they made that decision so rash, mm-hmm. it blows my mind. And what kills me is that it wasn't just a spur of the moment, heat of the moment decision. Right. Right. This was all premeditated. Yes. They planned this. Yeah. So Jeffrey and Robert were discussing the plan to shoot their parents the night before. Yeah. Robert said Jeffrey could shoot their dad if he could shoot their mom. Ugh. Robert said that he wanted to see the look on her face. That's awful. Jeffrey is telling police this, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole thing that transpired. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey had asked Robert, why do you get all the fun? Oh, my God. Yeah. Robert appeared to be the ringleader. Yeah. He persuaded Jeffrey to help him get their dad's 22 caliber pistol from the cabinet where he normally kept it locked up. Yeah. And Robert seems to be the more controlling person in this. I mean, he took the gun from Jeffrey both times and <sighs> finished the job both times. Absolutely he did, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you that he's definitely in charge here. Um, I guess Robert had also apparently stolen money from his parents, Mm -hmm. and he had told Jeffrey that they knew about it the day before the murders. 
Robert had also said that they would get more money if they killed their parents, and he asked Jeffrey to help him. Mm. And Jeffrey also said that, you know, he was scared of his parents, especially his dad, finding out that they had taken the gun and the money, Mm -hmm. that they had to kill them before they found out so they wouldn't be mad at them. Jesus Christ. Yeah. They're thinking like children who are also psychopaths. Right. It's not logical. No, and I mean, at 15 and 17... You know, teenage boys are fucking idiots, okay? No joke. (laughs) They're fucking idiots. Their thought process, their planning, they have no concept of consequences. None. To be fair, that part of their brain has not developed yet fully. Right, right. So, you know, it's hard to fathom that if I do X, Y, and Z, it will lead to A, B, and C. Right. You know in the back of your mind there's consequences, but do you really grasp that concept? And clearly these kids do not. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And um, that was a good technique and um, almost excuse that the defense lawyers used mm-hmm. for the boys saying that they had battered children's syndrome. Yes, that's which right. is not true. Um, but they said, you know, they backed it up with the same, you know, with Robert and Jeffrey were saying, oh, yeah, mom, they yelled at us sometimes. And, you know, one time I saw him hit my brother and, you know, they were using that and stretching it out so thin. Yeah. So thin. Um, And that was in the May 1997 trial, which is a little over a year after the murders. Um, Interestingly enough, Robert was being tried as an adult. Wow. And that's important. That'll come back later. Mm -hmm. Um, So... As you can probably expect, the boys turned on each other. That whole loyalty and brotherhood frat stuff, yeah, that was gone. Out the window. Yep. So far out the window. And I mean, I feel like in a situation like that, you're suddenly fighting for your life. Mm-hmm. Even though you're the reason you're there. And also an idiot. And a child. Making terrible, terrible decisions. Right. And the reasoning behind these decisions is also very childish. Mm -hmm. It's very childish. It's very immature. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry that you want to rebel and be a rebellious teenager. And I'm sorry that your parents are enforcing a curfew. Yeah. What? Like You don't need (laughs) to kill. No words. So they're being a parent. How dare. And, you know, I, I remember... As a teenager being pissed, like, I want to kill my mom. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, she won't let me get a nose piercing. (laughs) Like, yeah, because you're 13. She won't sign my tattoo consent form. I'm 15. Like, come the fuck on. Yeah, it's (laughs) a little ridiculous. Yeah, you don't need to take the, I hate my parents. I want to kill them. You don't need to take it literally. Literally. So, you know, when the battered child syndrome thing didn't work, Robert's lawyers were like, well... It was probably Jeffrey that was the ringleader, of course, because they turned against each other. Oh, my God. So, you know, they said Jeffrey was the one who planned it and that Jeffrey was getting bad grades and he was really scared of getting in trouble with his parents. That was their defense once the battered children thing didn't work out. Um, And then, of course, Jeffrey took the stand and he did testify against Robert. And he did admit that he shot that first shot. Mm -hmm. And then he said, like you said earlier, he immediately felt regret. And that seemed to be a talking point of his testimony. Jeffrey also testified that 
While yes, he did shoot their parents, so did Robert. Which is, I mean, so true. And he's guilty of something as well. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Like, that's a good point, Jeffrey. I hate to admit it, but they both are guilty. 100%. Yeah. Um... During trial, the prosecution called a friend of Robert's who said that Robert had told him multiple times he wanted to kill his parents. Robert's friend also stated that Robert said, quote, jail is the life. I could kill my parents, take some money, go to jail, have three meals a day, lift weights, and play basketball. Oh, my every teenage (laughs) boy's dream. What a goal. Prosecutors also brought up information from two weeks before the murders where Robert kept asking his girlfriend if she would still love him if he killed someone. Oh my god! He also kept bragging to his friends about his plans to kill his parents. Okay, so he is the most guilty motherfucker I've ever met in my life. Can you imagine, like... I feel like I harass my partner, like, yeah. would you still love me if I was a, a worm? worm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What? But not like, would you still love me no. if I killed someone? No. Like, come on. I can't. His girlfriend was probably like, what are you talking about, bro? Yeah. We're 17. It's so different from being like a jokey. Right. Like, like <laughs> I asked my boyfriend, I was like, if I were a pie that was small, would you eat me in pieces or in one bite? And when he answered, I was like, Good. And he was like, what does that mean? Is that any different if I ate you in one bite? Like, what's the... Like, but if I said, oh, baby, would you uh, would you still love me if I murdered my mom and dad? Uh, but don't worry, I'll be in jail. And I'll get three meals a day. And I can play basketball. And I can play basketball. That's nuts. It's very much so some delusional thinking going yes. on here. Um, Robert's finger and palm prints were also found on the duct tape and plastic garbage bags that were used to wrap his father's body. And they also found his fingerprints on a box of rubber gloves, as well as a can of disinfectant. Yikes. So, what I don't get here, we know this kid's an idiot. Mm -hmm. Why would you bother putting on rubber gloves after you start touching things? You know, that's a really good point. Yeah, so they also found the key to the gun cabinet as well as $600 cash in Robert's dresser drawer that he had stolen from his parents. Right, So that cash had been used to purchase his $225 CD player. Right. Great. Good good investment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and so to kind of round it out, Jeffrey, you know, testified that it seemed like Robert did not have any regret in that he actually even seemed delighted. And then Jeffrey also said that his brother assured him time and time again that he wouldn't be convicted. Jeffrey wouldn't be convicted or punished. He was he was 15. He just turned or he had just turned 15 two weeks prior to this incident. He wasn't gonna be tried as an adult. He's a kid. You're fine, buddy. And so Jeffrey was like, okay. Um, yeah, obviously that was a lie, or maybe not a lie. Maybe he just was that dumb. Because mm. that happens all the time where they try teenagers as adults. Um, Robert did not take the stand at his two-week trial, um, which I think is probably smart because something tells me he's dumb as a rock. <laughs> and would literally be like, no, I'm 17, yo. I love killing moms and dads. I can handle myself. He would just incriminate the shit out of himself. So much, so much. Oh. 
So, ultimately, Robert was convicted of two counts of first-degree murder and one count of conspiracy to commit murder. While Jeffrey was sentenced to 30 years to life with the possibility of parole due to taking a plea deal and testifying against his brother. Wow. I know. That was bold. I mean, I'll be honest, that was bold of him. While Robert was sentenced to life without parole, um, his younger brother was much luckier. And in 2013, Jeffrey actually became eligible for parole. He was 32 now. Wow. And interestingly enough, he had spent more than half his life in jail. That's crazy. Right? A child. Oh, my God. And, you know, at the parole hearing, because, you know, yes, you can be eligible for parole, but you have to, like, be granted parole. Mm -hmm. Um, So at the parole hearing, Jeffrey's attorneys claimed that he was way too immature to understand the extent of his actions when it happened, which is pretty much what we were saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And that even his former attorney um, testified on his behalf and said that he had seen Jeffrey as a little boy at that trial and that he, quote, had the impression at the time that he would have expected his parents to show up the next day, quote. Wow. Yeah, like they, he really didn't understand the consequences Mm -hmm. of his actions, not even a little. Interestingly enough, during his time in jail, Jeffrey obtained his GED and worked at a steel mill. And he also had a clean bill of good behavior. Wow. Yeah. So he was he was released. He was. Um, he was paroled from jail into a halfway house in July of 2013 and then was paroled out into society in March of 2014. Um, but he's still on parole for life. Mm-hmm. So he's constantly having those check-ins and drug tests and, you know, can't have a firearm, blah, 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 for the rest of his life. Wow. Yep. As for his brother, in 2018, Robert's life sentence was lifted. Stratford County Superior Court Judge Tina Nadeau said that Robert's young age at the time of the crimes, as well as his behavior in prison, quote, demonstrate that he has the capacity to reform. Oh. While serving prison time, Robert has supported other inmates, served on a committee to advocate for them with prison staff, and worked several jobs, and he did all of that without thinking he would ever be released from prison. Right. He Like you said, he was in there for life. No mm-hmm. parole. I think that is admirable. Yeah, honestly. Honestly. At this parole hearing, Robert's aunt, a.k.a. his mom's sister, her name was Elizabeth Landry, she wrote a letter to the judge where she described caring for Robert as a baby. She called him a sensitive child, and she also said that she and her husband were willing to take him in when he was released. Oh, that's sweet. She stated, in the confines of the prison, he has made a positive difference in people's lives. It reminded me of the loving and giving person he was as a child. Oh, man. Isn't that so sad? That is really sad. He read his own letter that he wrote in his 2018 hearing, which honestly showed a change because he didn't even take the stand at his first hearing. Right. So this shows at least a little growth and development. Um, He stated, I don't know how you're moved to forgiveness because I'll truly never forgive myself for what I did. I'm truly grateful for your support, even though I don't feel that I deserve it. I live my life constantly trying to make amends for what I did at 17. Please believe how sorry I am for the loss and destruction that my actions and decisions have caused and how much I wish I had been a stronger and better person to have made the right decisions instead of the wrong ones that I did. Wow. Yeah. That's actually really well written. 
I agree. Wow. I agree. And that, to me, shows remorse. Yeah. Even if he didn't feel that way at 17, you know, he sat in prison. Yeah. He learned. He sat with his actions. He sat with what he did. Right. That is, um, I hate to say it, but that is moving. Yeah, honestly. Oh, man. Wow. So ultimately, you know, what he was saying did work. Mm-hmm. Um, a judge ended up lifting the life sentence for Robert. Um, she changed it to a sentence of 40 years, which makes him eligible for parole in 17 years from now. Or from that 2018 mm-hmm. trial. So he has got 13 years now? Wow. Until he's eligible. Doesn't mean he's going to get out, mm-hmm. but till he's eligible. Is that, what, 2035? Something like that. Okay. Something where it doesn't really seem that far, to be honest. Yeah, no. This case has been compared to the Menendez brothers a lot. Um, Those two brothers, for those of you that aren't familiar, definitely look it up, do some research. It's a very heavy case. They also killed their parents. They faced extreme abuse. Yeah. Extreme physical abuse, sexual abuse. Um, With them, it seems like they had just had enough. Yeah. With these guys, I know that Jeffrey especially had made abuse allegations against his father for hitting him. Right. Um, We don't know that those allegations are true. A lot of people believe that they are not true. Um, I don't think that these guys' parents' actions justified the means at all whatsoever. Not at all. The Menendez brothers... You know, I could talk about that all day. I yeah. could debate that all day yeah. with whether or not those parents deserved what happened to them. Yeah. But with these guys, I, I just think it was so, so sad. Yeah. It was way different. Mm-hmm. Just because you don't like how your parent parents, they're not abusing you. They're not being whatever. Like, they're just being parents. That's completely different. Mm-hmm. Having a curfew is not something to kill your parents over. Right. Because your parents will not come back. Right? Wow. I know. It's terrible. It's... But yeah, the Dingman brothers, man, happened right in New Hampshire. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. You guys definitely let us know what you think. Do you think that they should have been offered parole right do you think their sentences were fair um given their ages definitely let us know you can find us on instagram and twitter at true crime any all lowercase or you can send us an email at true crime any at gmail.com you could also head over to our website true crime you can browse our pages check out the ones we have for this episode previous episodes we've covered You can head over to our contact page. We have a little handy-dandy submission tool where you can send us questions, comments, concerns, cases based in New England, please, that you'd like for us to cover. If you want to be anonymous, we have that set up that you can do so. Mm -hmm. Um, If you do not want to be anonymous and you want to tell us who you are, if you send us in a case and we decide that we want to cover it, we'll give you a little shout-out like the case we did for today. Yes, that's proof to you that we do listen and we do read our messages. Oh, we love reading our messages. Yeah, we do. So give us a, a quick shout. For sure. Also, you can head over to our Spotify. You can leave us a star rating if you so choose. And you could also head over to Apple Podcasts where you can leave 
a star rating, and or a written review if you so choose. We love those. We love those. They help get our cases out there for more listeners. So Absolutely. that would be so helpful. And we appreciate you guys. We do. We appreciate you always. And with that, we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.